When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location. Featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. This is Adrian Collin with Pouches Rolling Pouches, reporting for CannabisRadio.com. We're here at Prague CannaFest 2018, and I'm joined by Matthew Shotwell of Native Tree Farms uh, from California. Uh, Matthew, please tell us a little bit about uh, what you talked about tonight, including uh, the keys to marketing a cannabis brand in California. Right on. Thanks for having me, Adrian. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the super sweet pouch that I see here. This is nice. Um, well, the keys to marketing a business that I've recently learned changed. They changed from being a great producer, which is not really the most important thing anymore. Right now, producing content, producing media around your cannabis uh, business is really the key to being successful now um, because there's going to be a lot of people producing cannabis, a lot of people in business, but transitioning your mindset away from that you're a weed grower or, or whatever business that you're in, you really are just gonna be in the education business and the marketing and the content business. And just making content, be it through Instagram, which is the most popular in the United States right now, and trending to probably be the most popular platform passing Facebook. A lot of people use Facebook, um, but in America, it's Instagram. And I would encourage people, if you have Instagram, you know, do more on it. And if you have Facebook, don't abandon it because you have probably developed a lot of content sure, and a lot of followers there. But you want to try to transition into as many platforms as possible and get into the media-making business, sure. not just the marijuana-making business. You're making yeah. media now, and that's how you're going to capture your customers. Keep up with the audience. they like the story. They feel good about it. Otherwise, you're just some pass-through brand, that a big corporation brand, 
people buy things because how it makes them feel. You know, they buy products because the feeling that they get associated with it, and then you have a loyalty factor with your customers sure. that's beyond just getting high, getting high, buying weed, buying weed. So, so you were talking a bit in your um, presentation about the story behind your brand being a major um, key selling point. Yeah, telling a story um, is how a small producer like myself is going to compete with big corporations. Big corporations don't have a story. Big corporations have a shitty story. They're just big corporations, and true consumers. Um, you know, connoisseurs, and there's certain there's certain types of consumers that know that, see past that corporate bullshit, and they seek out and they find quality products with a genuine, authentic story behind them. So I made a point of documenting my farm story, organic, sustainable, goats, pickings, chickens, pigs, things like that. So that way, it speaks to the soul of the customer, and they have warm fuzzies, and they have smiley face emojis in their brain about buying native tree farms over, you know, corporate weed shit. Um, which, you know, they've got the money, they can get the billboards, they can get the hot chicks with the big tits, they can do all that, but you know, that doesn't speak to people's soul and their spirit as much as pigs and organics sure. and things like that. But if you don't capture that and you don't make media of it, then it, you know, it, it's lost, it's gone forever. And sure. it's like, you can, you can say it all you want, but you have to document it, preserve it into Instagram history forever, on YouTube channel or on Facebook channel, sure. you're making media now with your story. And you were saying that this leads to having influence on the market. It has a lot of influence in the market because if you think about like all these, this is an agriculture business. We're gonna have to just make that an agreement for the sake of moving forward with the industry that we're in the agriculture business now, um, that it's recreationalized and there's billion dollar corporations coming in and um, they're, you have to, you know, why are you going to pick this oranges? Everybody has oranges. There's no special oranges. The only fucking oranges I know are Tropicana. You know what I mean? The only, you know, this kind of berry, or the only banana that you know is Chiquita. You know, they took a brand, they, they took a product and put a brand behind it and telling a story behind it. And that's why if you pick bananas, you're going to pick the branded banana, the one with the good story behind it that you feel, but not just generic banana, 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 banana. And so you, you have to have a story with your product to make people, to make yourself stand out. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and you also uh, went into a little bit of detail about um, uh, certification. Um, so that uh, you have this story behind your product, but uh, once it gets to the distributor and then the dispensary, you know, the customer may or may not be getting the real product or not. Correct. There's, a, there's an issue of you know, counterfeit product or black market product making its way into the marketplace. Um, either diversion or just straight knockoff or copyright infringement or whatever, those things happen. And so we mitigate that through this two-way verification process with Weed Maps. It's just a service they offer. It's pretty affordable for a small company. It's like 300 bucks a month. Okay. But it's a neat tool that we came upon that I like to share with people. And I'm not paid by Weed Maps or anything sure. to say that. I just found that it was, you know, some other companies were doing it yeah. and they didn't have that great of a weed. And like that little blue check mark, my friend Blake told me about it. He works for the distribution company and he said, you should do this because it'll help your brand stand out. That it's yeah. verified, authentic, certified, native tree farms. Weed. We're a small brand, so there's no one's copying us or knocking us off. You spoke about the ask method to marketing and um, how engaging with your, um, your clients' clients allowed you to answer some key questions as to um, how your brand was being um, communicated. I did. The ask method is really like a death of your ego as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Thing that I know what's best. I'm going to put a great product and a great branded brag with a great story with pigs and goats and organics and stuff. And we sold stuff and then it stopped because um, there was a communication 
of information about our brand breakdown between the distributor and the retailer's employees. The product is in the store, the employees don't know shit about it. You know what I mean? So we either have to solve that breakdown with in-store demos with our brand representatives in the stores, or um, by having the customers themselves come in well-informed already. So we have to hit the educational component to not just the brick and mortar stores and the bud tenders or the buyers and the people in the store because there's turnover there. Those people are going to get hired and they're going to get fired, right? So you can't count on that. You can educate everybody in the store, which I will do quarterly. Okay, we have new employees here. Who doesn't know about my brand? So that's a, that's a key point that we're going to start attacking heavily when we get back because now that there's more competition in the legal market, in the beginning I had it cornered because there was nobody with the license, with the brand, with the farm, so they just bought our shit. Now that there's more people figuring out branding, story, Instagram, money, billboards, you know, selling stuff cheaper, there's all kinds of tricks to get your stuff sold, but if you can come out with the customers, arm all of your customers with the knowledge in their brain of, I'm here for Native Tree Farms. I'm here because then the bud tenders are like, oh fuck, well I'm brand new in the store and uh, yeah, I think we have that. You know, and then, and then the okay. customer has to come in asking for it. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so you were talking about crafting your menu to um, four different groups you identified within the um, audience. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? So uh, the, pro the, the process that we're using, it's called this Bucket I.O. It's a marketing program called Buckets. And so the buckets uh, are where you group your, your customers. And so they kind of tell you what bucket they're in with the survey question that you put out to them. Are you a man or a woman? What's your age? Are you medical or recreational? What's your biggest complaint and challenge in the cannabis business buying weed from a dispensary now? If it's mechanic business, it'd be something else. You know, what's your biggest pain in the ass when you go to the mechanic? You know, and so then you have your customers complain and tell you, confess, spill the beans, tell me all your complaints. And then we can take that information in and then solve their unique problems. Yep. Uh, it's the blood tenders don't know shit. Okay, solve that by putting people in the store or solve that with information cards. Yep. And the next group was, the stuff's not consistent. So we craft a marketing message that says, our shit is consistent. It's almost mm. dummy, sure. you know what I mean? But as an entrepreneur and someone who thinks they're smart, I was really uh, taken aback and humbled by the fact that some of the answers that I got, I didn't expect. And I was like, well, fuck, what the fuck do I know? You know, what the fuck do I know when I'm like, I have great product, I made a good decision, got a good product, got a good brand, I got a good story, got all these good things, but there was still this element of a mystery of, wait, why didn't they reorder our stuff? Mm. Oh, because there's no customers coming in and asking for it. Why aren't they asking for it? Because they don't know about it. How come they don't know about it? Because no one told them about it. Education. Sure. And media. Education and media is the secret. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you also talked a little bit about um, uh, doing variety bundles um, for smaller stores. Um, yes. how, did, how does that work? So, um, being keeping us keeping your company flexible to work with all size buyers uh, is something that's going to be uh, really important. And, and there's a lot of big accounts that we have gone after to try to get and they're so difficult to land they have all these restrictions and and then they order a large amount and then they back off or they 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 waste a lot of your time uh, kissing their ass and, and giving into their concessions you know change this sticker we want this price I want these terms da, 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 da. and then after 30 or 40 days of negotiating mm. you could have closed five or six tiny sure. accounts in that time sure. and a lot of people blew off and I have been guilty of this in the past too by not entertaining a half pound purchase because I'm over here distracted with the 10 pound sale but I could have closed five or six half pound deals and the customers that those collective groups would reach could equal the same as this big producer and they wasted all my
my fucking time. Sure. And then never close the deal anyway. When I, you know, and I go, I don't want to sell to you half pound because I'm saving it all for this guy. And then you, you know, it's that whole metaphor of you let go of a bird in the hand sure. for two birds in the bush. Sure. Um, you were talking about it being more important to be in the store than to make a profit necessarily. Right now, yes, because market share and presence is the most important thing. When the shelves are empty and there's nothing on the shelves, that's when you have the, an opportunity right there. And I, I almost wish that in the beginning when I had a captive audience that I had a little bit lower prices to get in more stores when they were hungrier. But I also was taking advantage of the fact that there was no product in the market and I could charge a little bit more money. A couple of my, my buyers passed because they said, oh, we're gonna wait till you bring your prices down. And sure enough, the prices did come down and then they did buy later. But I look back in retrospect that I missed some opportunity a couple months ago that if I had a little bit lower prices, but you know, you have to be flexible with your prices and if I can get more money at this point in, in human history, then I'm gonna get it. Sure. And then I'll adjust later and say, hey, now there's cheaper fucking prices. The market changes, gasoline cha changes, gold changes. Some people were salty about it. Some people, you know, talk shit about that. And I'm like, well, you know, this is marketing. And this, there's fluctuations in, in this widgets, commodity pricing. Uh, and a lot of people don't like those narratives or those word choices, but that's really what the business is coming down to. It's agriculture, it's commodities, it's gonna change. There's gonna be discounts, there's gonna be inventory blowouts. There's gonna be high prices and low prices, special yep. products and shit products. Yep. And some people, get their feelings and emotions all wrapped up in it and you have to manage that relationship with people and say, hey, you know, we're doing, uh, you know, yes, it was expensive then and it's less mm. expensive now. Fantastic. Look, just to wrap up, um, is there any advice you'd give to someone starting out in California? Apart from get a license. Yeah, don't start in California. <laughs> the first fucking advice. Don't even try in California. Uh, it's a wrap. It's a done deal. Uh, I would say go to Florida. Go to Maryland. Go to Boston. And Boston just recreationalized it. There's even states that are more undeveloped than any sure. of those. And what about, would you, what would you advise people who are already in the game? Um, well, back to your first question, I would advise somebody trying to get in the game to reach out to the big cannabis association industries like Normal or Americans for Safe Access and go to your city council meetings, go to your board of supervisor meetings, meet the politicians that make those decisions and be their friend. And, and put a human face behind this business that you're doing that they're fucking afraid of. Because if they meet you and they see that you have a kid or you have a story and you're a real fucking person and you're not a crazy drug addict, drug dealer, sure. you're gonna have a much better time getting a license. So that's the first advice. Be present, show up, shake hands, be authentic, and be genuine with the people who make decisions is the first advice. And then the people that are already in business, um, relationships. Relationships is really uh, gonna supersede um, good marketing. Good marketing is going to work with the masses and it'll have the masses asking for your product maybe, going into dispensaries. But there's going to be a key decision maker in every brick and mortar store. It's going to be the buyer. Mm. So you can have great branding and great marketing and have a gold bus. So. You can have good looking girls and you can have popping Instagram. But at the end of the day, Whoever is the final decision maker that purchases your product is the person you better be taking to dinner. Sure, they're That's buying the based buyer. on their it's feeling one, about you. Yeah, and then they're gonna be the gateway to the marketplace for their store. So yep. relationships, authentic, real relationships. And um, you know, if you fuck up and you make a mistake, it's okay to own that. It just shows that you're human. A lot of people try to only have their highlight reel of their life be on their social media. 
and some people would argue that they don't ever want any bad media on their shit, on their on their websites, on their Instagram. But you know, it shows a little bit of humanity that you're humans in your company, running your company, and you're not just some autocrat corporate assholes so. that don't own shit, aren't 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 showing any vulnerability, and that uh, you're 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 people behind the business. Because end of the day, it's a people business. Yeah, it's going away. You know. It's, it's going away where relationships are really going to matter. Sure, and it's part of your story, so... Yeah, just, you know, be, be a good human, you know yeah. what I mean? And have a relationship with the people that you're doing business with and try not to look at them as just a way to get money out of them, which is, at the end of the day, you have to make money, but developing a genuine relationship with your customers, and you do that through the buyers and the bud tenders, and being genuine and authentic about it is going to take you a lot farther than a billboard uh, or, you know marketing magic because it's the way that people feel about doing business with you is why so, they do it. Absolutely. Uh, there's a famous quote, it might be Maya Angelou, Maya Angelou, I can't remember, but it goes, people might forget things you say, and people might forget even the things that you do, but they will never forget the way that you make them feel. Mm-hmm. So. Sage advice. Yeah. Matthew, thank you very much for Welcome being on up. CannabisRadio.com. Right, my really enjoyed your time. presentation today. Thanks, dude. Bye. Cool. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.